welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And starting off the show, I think first on a little bit of somber news here. Yeah. I think the, the shocking news came out yesterday that Chadwick Boseman uh, passed away yesterday from colon cancer, which he got diagnosed four years ago and never revealed his diagnosis. So I think that's why it was such a big shock, um, just because nobody really knew that he was sick. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's most famous for the role of Jackie Robinson in 42, uh, T'Challa in Black Panther, among, you know, many other movies um, in his, you know, short career, which should have been much, so much longer. longer. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really unfortunate. And it, it really was just a shock. I mean, when I woke up and you said that, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. I didn't even know he was sick. So, yeah, definitely um, an incredible actor. Uh, an infectious smile, um, definitely a symbol for a lot of people. Uh, the fat, the first like feature filmed black uh, superhero, and so for yeah, for that to happen, I mean, it's devastating in so many different ways. Um, you know, our heart goes out to his family and to like all of the Disney family, and yeah, cancer sucks. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, his all of his roles. I mean, you talked about Black Panther, you know, being the first. You know, black superhero uh, movie, but all of his roles, like I said, Jackie Robinson in 42. I mean, he played a lot of iconic roles. And like you said, he was so important to so many people. And I think the one thing that I was amazed by yesterday, it was just all of kind of the outpouring from everybody that he's worked with um, and, and just the internet, you know, just in general of how great a person he was and how terrific he was to work with. I know all his Marvel co-stars were like, you know, he was just the best to work with. And, and so many people kind of just what you said is that he, he represented so much and he was, he was really a force for good, I think, and change in Hollywood and that he could have done so much more with more time. And there, there was a, I, I saw a really moving tribute to Denzel Washington, actually, that, that Chadwick Boseman gave it Denzel was giving an award and they kind of cut it together of, you know, uh, Chadwick's speech and Denzel, you know, saying really nice things about him as a tribute to him. But it it was just amazing him talking about Denzel and how he looked up to Denzel Washington to kind of pave the way and that, you know, he was kind of the next generation of the Denzel to pave the way for the next people. And then, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really sad whenever you see that and again it's just it's so sudden yes and i think that's what the most kind of shocking thing was yes well let's hope that you know he he definitely did pave the way and there will be many actors that will come out of this and uh, yeah it, it's just it's really sad and another thing just you know out of like out of a respect thing he was filming black panther doing fight scenes and he was ill with cancer that can put you down i mean my father went through chemo and it was horrible sometimes he was really up sometimes um he was laying on the couch and he couldn't move and he wasn't a complainer like the whole way up until his death like he was fine like he pretended like he was fine his strength and his inner strength his mental and physical strength despite what was going on in his body i mean it's really just a testament to the the kind of character and the kind of strength that he had as a person Exactly. So again, as you said, our, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. All right. So, you know, transitioning, no, there's no real easy way to transition, but, no. <laughs> but transitioning into kind of other Disney news this week. And, and this is all more upbeat stuff. We got a little bit more news on Mulan. So Mulan's getting released on Disney plus 
and apparently other uh, rental services. So it's not just going to be through Disney Plus, but it's going to be thirty dollars uh, for the premium rental. But it sounds like that it's going to be out in December, so only three months later, um, included in Disney Plus. So I know we talked about this a few weeks ago when we first heard Mulan was coming out as a premium rental. Of I think the biggest question is what's that? What's that window before it's free? Mm-hmm. And it's only three months. And I think this really hurts Disney's chances of making this a success. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think that, you know, three months isn't too long to wait. But at the same time, I do think that there's going to be, you know, your diehard fans are going to still do it. A lot of your diehard fans are still going to do it because they are going to not want to see the spoilers and things like that. But yeah. Well, see, I think that's the thing, though. There are, I don't think, really spoilers in this movie because it's a live action remake. I don't th- obviously it's going to be different from the the animated version. There's no Mushu, there's no songs, but I don't think it's going to be different enough that it's it's not like a Marvel movie that if you don't see it in the first weekend, mm-hmm. everybody's going to be spoiling it. You know, this isn't being released in theaters in the U.S. It's a live action remake, so I don't think there's much to spoil. I really think that them only giving a three month window is just going to tell people I can wait three months. I mean, yeah. I've I've waited, you know four or five months longer than I thought I was going to have to wait to begin with. Mm-hmm. What's another three months to save myself 30 bucks? You know, we talked about this, that $30 really isn't that bad. If you have a family of three or four people, if you're going to the movies, buying popcorn snacks, you're well over $30. Yeah. So it's a good deal from that perspective. But then if you say, well, in three months, it's free, you know, <laughs> then, then you kind of go, free ain't $30. Yeah. You kind of go, well, you know, if your kids are seven or eight, just tell them Mulan's not coming out till December. I mean, I think, I think that's too short a window, and I think it's going to hurt their chances. What I do wonder is if they thought there was going to be a lot more excitement around this, and they're starting to get a lot of negative feedback. And you know, they always are looking at like social media and trends and things. Yeah. And I almost wonder if now their kind of marketing team has told them, "Hey, demand's kind of light for this," and so now it's only it's only going to be three months. Versus, you know, if if they had high demand, maybe it's six months to a year before it comes out on Disney Plus. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like they should have waited six months and then that would have probably helped to quell. Like some people are going to be like, that's half a year. That's too long. Three months doesn't sound too long. And especially like you said, since we've already waited for the movie that was supposed to be out this summer anyway. So I I I think that maybe this might be a little bit of a misplay on Disney's part. I guess time will tell. We'll be renting it, I'm pretty sure. I was going to say, I still think there's that core group of people that are going to rent it no matter what. And again, maybe they saw that, that, Hey, this core group's going to do it no matter what. It didn't get the broad kind of acceptance that we thought it was going to get. Yeah. And maybe a lot of people won't hear that. It's going to come out in December on Disney plus included and, and they'll <laughs> rent it anyways, you know? So I think it's good. They announced it ahead of time. So people can at least make that decision as opposed to waiting two weeks. And it's like, Oh, Hey, by the way, everybody bought it. All you had to do is wait three months. I think you would have yeah. a lot more negative feedback on it. So it's interesting keeping with uh, movie theme news, which I was really surprised by this uh, when I first heard this, but the Hollywood reporter is reporting on it, but a haunted mansion movie is in the works. Yeah. And there was already a haunted mansion movie uh, in 2003 with Eddie Murphy. And I don't think that movie was very well received. I don't, mm-hmm. I think they kind of took a very broad approach um, <laughs> to the story, but it's apparently going to be um, written by Katie Dippold, who is a pretty 
well-known um, writer. She wrote the recent uh, Ghostbusters reboot, as well as the uh, comedy The Heat. And she also um, kind of cut her teeth, got her start on Parks and Rec. And when I yes. heard that, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in. I'd never heard of her before, <laughs> um, you know, about Ghostbusters or anything. But but whenever, uh, you know, Parks and Rec, I, I'm very excited about this. So it'll be interesting to see because they're going to have to walk that fine line of kind of staying true to the ride of a, you know, somewhat darker, scarier tone mm-hmm. um, and kind of that like lighthearted family Disney fun. So I think this is probably going to be like, a PG-13, a little bit edgier and darker and not necessarily like your GPG Disney movie, which is, I think, what they went for with Eddie Murphy and didn't really work very well. Right. I, I think that Disney now has more experience with basically adapting rides and turning them into movies with the like smashing success of Pirates of the Caribbean. And now they have Jungle Cruise, which, you know, we haven't really seen how that's going to do, but it has The Rock's name attached to it, friend of the podcast. And um, yeah, <laughs> he... Um, I know we know when that actually does come out, I, I'm sure it'll do well. Um, so this next movie, I think, will also crush it because I think that they they have that experience now behind them. All right. I just saw this. This is my pitch now for it. Okay. I just literally just saw this coming up because I was thinking who would be good in this movie. But Lin-Manuel Miranda in the lead. I think <gasps> he would be good as kind of like a ghost hunter. He's, he's kind of offbeat owner. already. And That's the perfect. Haunted Mansion... W- in the ride, if you think about it, some of the most iconic scenes are the graveyard scene, the ballroom scene. It's all the ghosts singing and dancing. Who better to write songs oh my for a movie, not make it a full musical, but to have some musical elements to it than Lin-Manuel Miranda? Yes. I, I mean, I, I'm in. I yes. think that's my pitch for the movie. You put him in as the lead. You let him write a few songs for it. You get some ghosts. I, I think this is a hit movie. You know who else I'd like to see in this movie? Who? I would also like to see Hugh Jackman. We know he can sing. He was in The Greatest Showman, you know, and he also has like he tours around and does different um, like he came to our local venue and, and did a singing concert. So I think Hugh Jackman, you know, Late Miserable. If we're going for singing. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I, oh, I want this to be a nope, full musical. Nope, I want Hugh Jackman now. This is this is friend of the podcast as okay. well. All right. Yeah. I, I don't know that I want a full musical, but I think you get Lim and Well in there writing songs. I think Hugh Jackman and could think, be good too. I think Kristen Bell too. I really appreciated her performance in in uh in Frozen Two. I don't know. I don't know that I see her in a haunted mansion movie. All right, so this is very early on, and I, I think though we have cracked the code on this thing. So Disney, I think we need a story credit on this when it comes out. Uh, and this is kind of the path you take, but but we'll see about this. So <laughs> all right, final piece of news and this is around now we're keeping in the ghostly theme is Halloween. So <laughs> Disney canceled Mickey's um, not so scary Halloween party, but they did announce this week. They are going to be doing Halloween themed theming. They're going to be doing Halloween theming in the park. So from uh, I believe it's September 15th through the end of October, they're going to have their Halloween and fall decorations in the magic kingdom. They're going to be having special Halloween cavalcades, they said you might see Chip and Dale in Halloween costumes walking around. Mickey and Minnie and Pluto are going to have their Halloween costumes on. So it sounds like they are kind of having a lot of the stuff from the Halloween party in the parks in terms of characters and, you know, kind of the cavalcades, the mini parades. 
They also announced a bunch of food items. So it seems like they're still going to have all their specialty food items. Yeah. I mean, when we were there for, oh man, Christmas, they, they had some really good stuff, but I, there wasn't anything too exciting. Anything too exciting on, on this list? All right. So here we go. So here's some of the things. They have a lot of pumpkin spice stuff. They have a pumpkin spice waffle sundae, okay. pumpkin spice milkshake. Ooh. Poor Unfortunate Souls Float, which I, I think is a cool name. <laughs> uh, but that's a cream cheese soft serve, black raspberry syrup, <gasps> and Coke. Oh, my goodness. Um, so this is all Magic Kingdom. Um, you have Headless Horseman Rides again, which is a strawberry Dole Whip with strawberry Fanta Ooh. and a Headless Horseman novelty straw. But I think the big thing that you are excited about and you're referring to is that the Animal Kingdom, your boy Scar, has his own treat this year. So he has a yeah. Scar cupcake. It is a red yeah. velvet cupcake with toasted marshmallow filling, Ugh. chocolate marshmallow frosting, chocolate pebbles, white chocolate flames and an edible icing image um so it looks pretty cool it's like scar with like the green kind of fire behind him that's that's awesome i will say that that is not my particular flavor palette but i would still get it anyway just because it's scar <laughs> yes there's also a rotten apple punch specialty beverage that's an alcoholic uh, angry orchard and fireball whiskey uh, <laughs> So, so they definitely have they definitely have a lot of uh, good stuff. So they're definitely kind of keeping in the Halloween spirit. The one thing I think that's most interesting, and I think it's kind of telling on how weak demand is, is that they are letting guests wear costumes. Any guest yes. can wear a costume all day. So during the Halloween parties, anybody can wear a costume. You know, typically only people. Uh, only children under 14 can wear costumes in the parks. But during the Halloween parties, they let adults wear costumes as well. Mm -hmm. And the reason they don't let adults wear costumes you know, during the day is confusion around the princesses and things like that. They don't want the kids being confused seeing like 15 Cinderella's walking around. Mm -hmm. But they announced from September 15th through the end of October, any guest can wear a costume. Now, you can't wear a mask. Well, I think they're doing it for a couple of reasons. One, because they don't really have the face princesses out really right. anymore. They're just in the cavalcades. Also, the pr the princesses don't wear masks. So yeah. all the guests wearing face masks, that kind of differentiates them. And then also, I think it goes to show you, crowds are so light. There's only like a few thousand people. Like when we talked to Len a few episodes ago, I mean, mm -hmm. he said what? It's like he estimates six to 8,000 people in the parks. And I think they're having a hard time getting people to come, especially locals. Mm -hmm. So if you tell them, hey, you can come and wear your costumes, because people love that during Halloween wearing yeah. the costumes. And you can just come and do it anytime. We know we're not having a Halloween party. Just come anytime. I think you may get more people locally coming. I don't think anybody's going to plan a trip necessarily now. I'd be like, oh, we have to go in the next month. <laughs> I mean, maybe I, mean I would, but... Maybe, some, maybe, maybe yeah. some people will, but I think you'll get a lot more local. So I, I think it does go to show that they're probably not even hitting their their numbers that they've set for themselves in terms of well, limit because yeah. they're, they're trying to drum up some excitement. Right. And they know also that there's going to be even less crowds than there have been because kids are going back to school. That's the other thing. I mean, they've already cut hours. Like they've already announced that um, after Labor Day, the parks are going to close one hour earlier. And then I believe it, it looks like that's going in through at least the beginning of November with reduced hours. So, I mean, you have some of the parks, I think like Animal Kingdom's open from like 9 a.m. to like only 6 p.m. I mean, wow. you, so you have really reduced hours. Um, yeah, again, because I think you just have a limited number of, of people coming in. So, yeah, yeah I just think it kind of just, again, goes to show kind of weak demand still um, for Disney coming up. But yeah, it's a, a pretty cool. It's the first time ever that you can wear a costume into the park. So yeah, I feel I, like a lot of people will take advantage yeah, of that. I was going to say, I, I want to go just for that reason maybe i could wear i could wear i have a bell dress i could wear that and 
wear my mask with it or something. Yeah, there you go. Wear a wear a um a Beauty and the Beast themed face mask. Yeah, exactly. You'll, you'll be good. You should get one that has like the beast face on it. So you wear the bell dress with the beast <laughs> face. That would actually be really good. You could actually that. be Beauty and the Beast. That's your costume. Oh my gosh. There you go. That perfect. would be perfect. And if it's cold out, I can get like like beast claw gloves. They probably exist on Etsy. Definitely. <laughs> All right, so for our main topic this week, we're going to be doing another round of over-underrated attractions. So we're going to finish up the Tokyo Disney Resort. So uh, a few weeks ago, we did Tokyo Disneyland. So we're going to be doing Tokyo Disney Sea today. And as always, we're using uh, the touringplans.com to help us with like kind of their, their ratings. Yes, so we're using their ratings. They rate everything on a one to five scale, uh, five being the best, one being the worst. So uh, we use that to kind of determine what we think is over or underrated. And I will say going through this list, I think we start with overrated because I, I definitely think most of the stuff is pretty fairly rated from an overrated perspective. I didn't I didn't see a lot of attractions or shows that I thought were overrated. I think there's a lot more that are underrated here but i think of of all the ones we've done so far i mean we did tokyo disneyland we've done um i think epcot magic kingdom have we done hollywood studios i don't think we haven't done hollywood studios yet i think we've done animal kingdom um so we've done a few of these it's it's kind of hard to remember all the different (laughs) parks we've done but i will say i think this one is probably looking at the most fairly rated i feel like like i i had a hard time finding a lot that were you know, grossly overrated or grossly underrated. I mean, there's definitely a few, but I think for the most part, it, it's it's pretty fairly rated. I was going to say, I think that a lot of these you're going to find that whenever I say they're over or under, underrated, I don't over or under, underrate them by a lot. There's a couple that there's a big gap, but I feel like, you know, it's just, it's more nitpicky on these ones where it's like, oh, you said a three, but I really see it as a three, five or a four. Like, it, Right. And yeah. I think that just goes to show how great of a park Disney Sea is. I mean, it's such an immersive and, and great park that, you know, all of the rides are solid. You know, you, you can't really necessarily go wrong with anything there. Um, and that and that's kind of where, like I said, I think most of my ones I came up with were underrated because I really don't think anything at the park is so low of a rating that you should not go. And ride, you know what I'm saying? I think everything is is worth at least checking, checking out. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, that means it should probably at least be a three. So, you know, some <laughs> of the stuff below a three, I'm like, I think it's at least worth seeing it. It is kind of funny because when I was going through this list, there were rides that I was like, oh, that's fairly rated. But I should say if it's, it's over or underrated because I just want to talk about the ride. Like, like, uh, uh, Aquatopia was one of them that I wanted to talk about. But I'm like, that's actually a pretty fair rating. So I can't really talk i like i don't want to you know say it's underrated or overrated just to talk about it but yeah definitely check out these rides and if you have a chance definitely go to the park yeah and again and i think you know we're looking at it from our perspective as people from the u.s traveling to japan we kind of talked about this when we did tokyo disneyland uh, a few weeks ago where if it's a completely new park to you i think you naturally think everything's better whereas if you were 
somebody that lives in Japan and goes to these parks a lot, I think you would probably agree with some of these ratings more and you'd be like, yeah, you could definitely skip that ride. It's really not that great. Yeah. But w- but when you're there and it's just like, oh my gosh, everything is new. Everything is just so incredible. Everything is so amazing. You know, you're in a foreign country that, that you, you know, that naturally adds one or two. Yeah. You know, I definitely have a few of those that I actually have that as a, a note to say, yeah, if you lived here, maybe you wouldn't agree with my rating, but they're really cool. So I still wanted to mention them and yeah. say that I think that they're, you know, mostly underrated. Exactly. All right. So let's start with overrated, though. Okay. Again, I, I think I have fewer overrated ones. OK. All right. So I wanted to start with one of the darlings of the park. Because I did think it was overrated. Journey to the Center of the Earth at five. So five out of five. Um, this was a really cool ride. It is the probably the most hyped ride in the park. There was quite a long line. I think we waited for oh, like a couple hours maybe. I th- we waited for a while for this ride. Probably I think. at least an hour and a half. And we went there immediately when the park opened and I think we still waited it was at least an hour and a half yeah the queue was really interesting for that ride but the thing that was really frustrating is and I think it would again this was kind of just like a concoction of things that happened we waited for so long for this ride and then when we got on the ride it was really cool really well done um there are parts of it that were really fast and the second that I felt like I got into the ride it was over and that's why I would definitely knock it down a little bit yeah i kind of had this one as well as a potential overrated and what i was going to say is kind of piggybacking off your comment it depends how long you have to wait for it yeah like like i would agree i mean it's a five star it is one of their main thrill rides at the park it's very much like a test track feel where the uh, a majority of the ride you're you're not going that fast but then cruising yeah but then it shoots you off at the end you know there's Mm -hmm. that really quick straight away and test track and same thing here with journey there's i think you go through a curve though it's not like a straightaway right no no you shoot kind of straight out of the volcano and then curve it's it's basically just like the end of test track yeah i like literally have such a little memory of this ride because it was so it was like seconds of my life it is it is very quick i will say the animatronic is incredible and i think that gives it a lot of points too i can see why this is what ra- an animatronic are you talking about the animatronic of kind of the the mother creature in the center you know is incredible and i think that's what gets you know, this, you know, some good ratings, but I do see why it, it is a five because it is kind of, like I said, their main thrill ride. It is short though. So I, I do think that kind of skews it. I mean, I do think, again, we waited a while for it. You hear really good things about it. And so if you go in with high expectations, yeah, maybe it feels um, a little overrated, though. I will say looking at some of the other rides that are five. So like Indiana Jones um, is a five, 20,000 leagues under the sea is a five. I, I do think uh, Tower Terror, I think, is also a five. So it makes sense, kind of like those, you know, higher end rides or all fives. They're more thrill rides. Yeah, they're 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 the more thrill rides. So I think I'm going to say it's fairly rated, but I I was kind of one as a potential that's an overrated. Yeah, this one definitely suffers from the Finding Nemo effect. So you go in with high expectations, and it kind of. I've talked about the Finding Nemo effect before on the podcast. How. I went in, saw Finding Nemo, hated it because everyone had said it was so great, and then watched it a second time and loved it. And I was like, why did I hate it the first time? It was just the expectations far. It, it just made it impossible to live up to. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, though, on that. Yeah, I do think 
one ride that is overrated, though, and I, I just mentioned it was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, also out of five stars. I think that is overrated. It is a really good ride. Um, so it's, you know, you're, it's pretending that you're underwater going to this Atlantean city. You get to see some really unique creatures. It's mm. an interesting um, kind of ride apparatus that you're in. You're, you're sp- supposed to be in the Nautilus. So it shares a lot of theming with Journey to the Center of the Earth because it's both that Jules Verne, uh, mis- mysterious island area. But I, I don't think there's enough. It's not thrilling enough. There's not enough going on. Like it's neat to see, but it's kind of just very repetitive. Like it, it's an interesting thing, but I, I don't think that I would put it as a five star. I think compared to Tower of Terror and Indiana Jones and also the show Big Band Beat, that's a five star. I think that's an, oh incre- that's an incredible show incredible. to see. That's definitely you know worth, worth your time as five stars. So I think compared to those, I don't think I would give that one a five star. I think that's I, overrated. So I think that the we only got to think a chance to ride this one run one time, but I feel like this one, it almost holds that five star. I kind of disagree with you because you are in control kind of of what you see because you have like a flash flashlight apparatus and you can point it around and it, it is, I mean, I literally thought we were under the water. You had to bust the, you had to bust yeah, my you, bubble you, on that. You believed it. Yeah. And so like I was completely taken by the illusion of the whole thing and it was cool because it was a choose your own destiny. If you pointed your light over one place, you could see something. And then if you pointed your light somewhere else, you were going to see something else. So the rewritability of this, of this is pretty high because I imagine also if you sit in different places, because I think that there was, there was a, a right side, there was a front side, and then there was, there was a three. left side. Yeah. I think there yeah. was three. So I'm, I'm imagining that, it, you know, there's different experiences at each of those places too. So I kind of think it's a fair rating, but it isn't a thrill ride. So maybe I'd knock it down like half a point. Um, I almost feel like it was rated that because of the uniqueness more so than just it's thrill, like it general thrill and like, yeah, in general. I, again, I just think if, if putting that at a, at a five compared to some of the other ones, like Toy Story Mania is only a four, the Venetian gondolas, which is a very unique ride that you don't see at any other, you know, park anywhere. That's only a four. Um, soaring is only a four, which I think 20,000 leagues again is a good ride, but is it a full point better than some of those other ones? I would say no. Like I would rather ride the gondolas or, <laughs> or even toy story mania. I mean, toy story mania is much more interactive than 20,000 leagues under the sea. So I, I think five, like, again, it's not super overrated, but I would probably put it more at, you know, three and a half to four. So I think a little bit less than, than where you are. Interesting. So my, my next ride that was overrated is the, Venetian gondolas. <laughs> so speak, you've talked about them quite a bit. So I'm being a little bit of a grumpster on this one. Um, I don't think you necessarily need to be on the ride to appreciate them. So that's kind of why I knocked it down just a little bit. Again, like I said, we had to be a little nitpicky on these overrated ones. Um, we actually ate, at, I can't remember what the restaurant's name was. We ate at the one Italian restaurant there and we had a, an outside seat, which was beautiful. And we got to see the people on the gondolas. And I think I almost enjoyed that more than riding the gondola itself, which is kind of why I knocked it down. I will say watching the gondolas is incredible, though, because I swear they're on some sort of track because it, they go yes. the same path every single time. It does look like, though, there are slight variations. So I, 
I can't tell. I, I looked it up a little bit. It definitely seems like they are powered solely by the people. Oh, really? Them. Yes. That they're, they're, they're not motorized. Oh, but my goodness. I, I still contend they may be on a track. I don't know if any of our listeners know for sure. Um, definitely let us know. But I, wow, I, I can't believe it. Because I do have this on here. <laughs> Again, because I said, you know, it's not a thrill ride. So I don't, you know, four is kind of high. Um, it's And then I said, it <laughs> it can fool you into thinking you're not in Japan and that the gondoliers aren't actually controlling the boat the boat and so it's a ruined illusion so because you are the one you're always skeptical you're always looking for the behind the scenes stuff and i'm always so perfect i'm always the one i want to buy in just like i thought we were actually underwater when we were doing you know the twenty thousand leagues under the sea and you were the one that was like oh no those bubbles are in the window they're not actually outside um and so yeah you i think you made me so skeptical of this that i was just like yeah well it's definitely a track so yeah I, I thought it was i mean it just it looks so perfect i mean if you can sit there and watch those gondolas go and they take the exact same route every time we watched we were sitting right by a place where they were doing a turn and it yeah. seemed like they were turning the exact same each gondolier was turning the exact same way in the exact same place so it really did seem like it was on a track yeah it, and again it may be I, I tried to look it up i couldn't find anything that said it was what i was able to find did seem to suggest though that they're not motorized in any way like that that it's really them rowing it to at least power it so maybe they're just the most well-trained people there but it's impressive either way yeah it is so yeah i say that this one's probably just a three a three but again if you go to this park do not I still would do it. I would still ride it. I think it's still fantastic um, to do. And of course, you have these people who are Japanese and they're singing beautifully in Italian. Um, you close your eyes, you think you're in you know, Venice. It's, right. it's a great illusion. You're right, though, that just being in that area is good enough to an extent. I mean, mm-hmm. the atmosphere of that, you can hear the, the people singing. You can hear you know, just watching the gondolas is great being, you feel like you're in Italy. You don't even necessarily have to be on the ride to enjoy it. Right. Like the, um, it is kind of closed in, there's buildings all around it. So it sort of echoes and creates this, I don't know. It, it it's incredible. This is why this park excels so much. Is because yeah, it's because it's so the, emotive. It's the beauty. Yeah, it's the beauty of Tokyo mm-hmm. Sea. So my last overrated because I think I always I feel like I always do something like this on these is Sinbad's Storybook Voyage rated at a four point five. Would you like to tell the the crowd the audience why? Is I it just because this? you didn't get to ride it? Is that why you're <laughs> going to say it's overrated? Yeah, it was closed, and I was so upset because it was literally like one of the top things on my list. You know, I. I think that you probably, if you went back and I think we have an episode of us preparing to go to Tokyo Disney, I probably ranted about this at this particular ride because I heard so many people say it's delightful. Shandu, the tiger steals the show. And I was so hyped up to ride this. And then when we got there and not only was, I think the mountain was under construction. So there was scaffolding all over it. Not only that, and that didn't bother me that much, but then I didn't get to ride this ride. So it was so upsetting because I'm like, we literally just threw like flew around the world and this ride not for that one ride though we didn't fly around the world for that one ride but yeah there was a lot um going through refurbishment because they were trying to get ready for the olympics which didn't end up happening this year but (laughs) but they're working on that but yeah i i mean from everything i've heard that one is a great ride and so i think four and a half stars probably probably makes sense yeah (laughs) i i didn't again i didn't comment on that one because we did not get a chance to ride it that is something i would like to ride because again it if you look at the top 
ranked rides at Disney Sea. It's it's on mostly everybody's list. Yeah. Um. So so moving into underrated attractions. I'm interested to see what you have to say about this. So I will say just from a general perspective, the um, Ariel's uh, playground, the, the little mermaid area has very low ratings across the board. Yeah. What was it rated? Like, Oh no, uh, they didn't rate the whole place, right? They just rated each individual. Yeah. So the, so the individual rides, and and I will say for those of you who aren't familiar, so there is a little mermaid area and it's, it's actually really neat. So you go indoors and it's like you're under the water. It's very colorful. Uh, it's very beautiful. It's, it's a cool place to be. Yeah. I mean, okay. So this one is one, and I believe it's really more like a children's play place. It's not, it's not really for adults. We went and checked it out cause we wanted to see it and we ended up going down. It's cool. There's like a balcony that you can see above it and then you can actually go down in. We spent a good deal of time there because it was just beautiful. Yeah. And so that's what I was going to get to is that basically in that portion is just a lot of kind of standard off the shelf attractions they're almost and, like and it's, it's mostly geared towards children yeah i was gonna say they're mostly like carnival type rides yes. they're not but they're like doctored up carnival rides to fit the theme right so they're mostly geared towards children as well so most of them have very low ratings between like a two like a one i think some of them are even one to two so i will say i think that's underrated if you have children because yeah. if if you have a kid, I think it's a great area to go to. I think kids would love it. And again, we did spend a lot of time there just because it's it's really neat to be in there. I will say though, we didn't ride any of those rides because none of them looked that great. Mm-hmm. You know, again, they're they're geared towards you know more towards smaller children. Yeah, I was so gonna I say we would from, probably have looked really weird too. Yeah, so I think from an adult's perspective, I could see you know, a one to two being a fair rating for them. So I don't want to like officially say they're underrated, but I definitely would not, you know, look at these ratings and go, oh, every ride in there is a one or a two. I'm just going to pass that area by. Yeah, I wouldn't pass this area by. But the one thing I do want to say that's underrated in there. (laughs) I think you're going to steal what I'm going to say. Is the, in the Mermaid Lagoon Theater, King Triton's concert. Yep. That's That's a three and a half stars. That was an incredible show. So that's a live show where they uh, replay some of the songs from The Little Mermaid. They have puppets. They have an Ariel who is she, flying through the air. That, that's that's really good. It's, if you saw... Okay, so if you saw the live-action Little Mermaid, um, what they did on that stage with the actress that played The Little Mermaid, who's also Moana, she, what they did with her and like hooking her up and having her go out of the crowd, I feel like it's like times a million. Like it, they did such a great job with her and her movements are super fluid and she flies out over you and sings. Yeah. And they also have a great Triton animatronic in there. They do. Yeah. And, and a lot of puppets like Sebastian is a puppet kind of in the same. And they run down the, uh, the yeah, aisles. It's, it's the same vein as if you've ever seen the, the Finding Nemo show at Animal Kingdom or even like the Lion King on Broadway where they kind of have uh, people oh, yeah. play the animals. It, it's kind of under that same vein. So I definitely say... You know that is underrated, and if you would, because if you would avoid that area, you would never know that's there. Right, it's it, kind of tucked away in there. It's rate, it's ranked as a three point five. So, what would you have? Maybe like I would say at least a, a four. Yeah, that's ex- so. I feel like you and I are going to be very much on the same page. So that's exactly what I have three point five, and I would probably bump it up to a four. It's not a thrill ride. Um, it's not as good as Big Band Beat, but it is something you could very easily miss if you're not if you don't. You know, if you're thinking, we don't have kids, we don't need to go check that out. Yeah. Another one that's 
underrated. And you mentioned this as you thought this was fairly rated earlier. So I have a bone to pick with you on this one is Aquatopia. <laughs> so you thought three was good. I think that is underrated as well. Um, I, I think that is a really fun ride. It's actually a trackless ride vehicle, um, which, <laughs> which you may not, you know, some people may not know, but it is, it, it uses the trackless ride technology, um, it's a play on Aquatopia, but it's in the water. It, it's a really fun ride, it's, and it's it's definitely better than a three. I was gonna say the track. So it is trackless. The only thing that stinks about it, when we rode it at least, is it it was in need of a clean. So even though it was trackless, you could see where the tracks were because of the algae that was growing in the water. But we still had no idea where it was going. Well, I mean, you true. can see when you're you're right when you're in the queue, you can kind of see oh. It's easy to see where the ride is going, so you think, oh, you'll be able to tell. But when you ride it, you have no idea you have because no clue. we were trying to watch to figure out. And I didn't know this was trackless beforehand. Okay. So we were trying to watch and figure out, oh, hey, are we going to be going on a place that's going to get us really wet or not? And you know, we thought we kind of had it figured out, and then when we, we got on it, we went on some crazy path <laughs> that I was like. We had no idea where we went. And, and because it is that trackless, it can kind of go anywhere. And you can ride this ride five, six probably times and get a different ride every time mm-hmm. because there are different features. And, you know, just because you go on that ride doesn't mean you're going to go up to a certain feature. I know that we went up to something, maybe I think it was like a clam or something and it spit water directly at us. I think there was another one that they actually like went close to, if not under a waterfall. So we yeah, wanted, we avoided that one. I didn't did want to get the waterfall one, but we had like a jet spray straight yeah, in the face. Yeah, like it literally, it was like a like a clown with a flower almost. Like it hit, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it hit me straight in the face and I think you might have gotten. I ducked. Yeah, I think you ducked. I saw it coming. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I, ducked, so. I did not. But it was okay because as we've mentioned 150 times in this podcast, when we went to Japan, it was a million and a half degrees. So it was so nice to be wet. Like it was so yeah, nice. It was a great way to cool off. But it is a great ride. And again, a three compared to, you know, some of the other rides you have, you know, 20,000 leagues out of five, which again, I think is overrated at a five, but still that's maybe a four. You have Toy Story Mini at a four. I think it it deserves to be closer to a four and, and kind of more in line with those rides than a three. Okay, so... I mentioned I thought it was maybe appropriately rated, but I also was trying as much as I could to not let my personal, um, like my personal opinions kind of color. I mean, obviously your personal opinions are going to color it, but I really did want to pump bump this one up. So I'm glad that you did because it was a great ride. My next ride that I thought, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to get this one out of the way. Cause I think you and I are on the same page on this one too raging spirits at a one this is crazy this is absolutely insane it is a roller coaster and so i I just i can't even i I can't even believe it like just looking at the ride it's more than a one like if you look at the outside with the fire and the water it's got the same rating as jumping jellyfish which is which is in the mermaid lagoon so it's like the (laughs) it's a parachute children's ride that's a one yeah i i could not believe that it is a one. The only reason and the description on Touring Plans website is that it's a small, painful roller coaster. Yeah. So the <laughs> only thing I can think of is just that people think it's kind of rough. I, and I, it goes it goes into a loop. It is a pretty quick ride. I, I could see it being a little bit jarring compared to some of the other rides. I mean, compared to the other rides in the parks, it is a little bit jarring. But I, I am really surprised by it being a one. 
Yeah, I, I think that the... I don't know. It's just really, it's confusing to me because I feel like I do have a sensitive stomach. I do not have any recollection of getting off of this ride and feeling ill or finding it to be too rough. Um, I thought it was a fun, solid ride and it was thrilling with the the water and the fire situation going on in it. Uh, I, yeah, this is, I feel like if you see a picture of Tokyo Disney Sea, you if you don't see the pictures of the mountains or like the the area of the journey to the center of the earth, you see a picture of this ride. So the fact that it's rated at a one is crazy to me. I think that I enjoyed the concert Triton's concert more. So I'd probably bump this up to a 3.5. What about you? Yeah, I think again, I think it's definitely should be rated between a three to a four closer to the other thrill rides. I mean, I, I didn't think it was, extremely jarring or intense i mean the theming is incredible there mm-hmm. it goes upside down you know in a loop and again maybe some people don't like yeah, that yeah i was gonna say a lot of people that, seem to have issues with loops but it's not a one i mean it's, uh-uh. it's not a one or a two compared to some of the other stuff I'm, I'm actually kind of interested i don't know if touring plans does ratings for the paris parks but i believe they have an exact copy of raging spirits really? in paris that's themed towards indiana jones i believe it's an, i believe that's their indiana jones attraction huh. in paris and i um i was just looking up real quick i couldn't find touring plans ratings for paris they may not have that but i would be curious to see what the paris one would be rated because i i would be surprised if it was rated a one there as well that, that's where it kind of gets interesting where some of these attractions are the same across multiple parks to see how the ratings slightly differ, you know, where, mm-hmm. where they're not necessarily all rated quite the same, um, even though they're basically the exact same ride. So it is kind of interesting to see that, but yeah, raging spirits is definitely that's, that's the one that is grossly underrated at, grossly. at a, at a one. Um, I think my last one I had that is underrated is the caravan carousel. Did you like look at my phone before we started not. recording this? I did not. We literally have the exact same three. <laughs> so, so this one is in the Arabian coast. It's in the Aladdin themed area. It's a double decker merry-go-round. It's rated at a two and a half. Now I get it's rated low because it's just, it's your regular run of the mill merry-go-round. It's, it's a carousel. Yeah. And there's so really not carousels a lot of, are two max. Yeah. It's a double decker merry-go-round, which I've never seen before. And so I think just for that, I mean, the novelty of it. And again, I think this is, you know, we talked about this earlier, the fact that we're coming to this park new and everything is exciting. Right. And I think that's, and that's why I struggle with it because I'm like, yeah, it probably really is about a two and a half to a three, but I think it's underrated because it's so cool to, it's just so cool to be on it. There's different colored genies. Yeah. I think you have to bump it up some. Yeah. So, you know, I, there's definitely other carousels that don't just have horses, but there are horses on this one. There are elephants. There are griffins. There are different colored genies, as you said. Um, so there's some different animals and it's beautiful. And then not to mention, you know, I think what really kind of bumps this up besides the fact that it's just gorgeous to look at and it's bright and it's vibrant, unlike a lot of, of carousels is you get a view. If you go up to the second floor, the, that Arabian area is beautiful to look at and you can see a view of it from above and a different perspective. So it, it is really, really fun to do. I, I know looking back at my pictures from Tokyo Disney Sea, I have a ton of pictures in this particular spot um, because it is just 
it's beautiful. Yeah, and how often are you going to get to ride on a two-story carousel? Exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's worth it just just for that. I mean, I I think you you got to give it at least another star, another point. I think yeah. you got to at least take it to a three and a half. Yep, that's exactly what I have it. All right, so I, I, any other ones? Yeah, so we literally had the same three, so no, I'm, I'm done. So that must be uh, that must be that we're right then, because if yeah. we confer on it independently, I think those are the the correct answers. Yeah, for sure. I I'm just blown away. I mean, you did have Aquatopia too, so. All right, so I think then that that pretty much wraps up the show for this week. Uh, if any of our listeners have been to Disney Sea, let us know what you think for. You're over underrated. Do you agree with what we said? Do you have a different one? Um, you can send us an email, enchantedearspodcast at gmail.com, or reach out to us uh, on Facebook. We're Enchanted Ears on Facebook. And tell us about Sinbad's storybook voyage, please. Yes, if you have to ride it, <laughs> let us know. We'll definitely have to uh, to head back to ride that one whenever it's not uh, under refurbishment or anything. So. <laughs> and there's no pandemic. Yeah. All right, so thanks, everybody, again, for listening this week. Make sure you leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it really helps us, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for lending us your ears. And we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.